welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I am Kelso. And I am Kyla. And I'm Carl. Well, those were, I feel like your your intros were a lot more uh, enthusiastic than mine. Good job. <laughs> Someone, you, get, you guys are going well, to have to... I felt like I had to be more enthusiastic because you had like a dramatic pause before yours. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're we're doing enthusiastic ones today. I see <laughs> dramatic, dramatic intros. I think the point is that uh, 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 I don't think I have enough energy to sustain <laughs> this, so I am uh, relying on you to please take care of me. Okay. Well, we can have like a laid back podcast about this one. I think. Um, I think a laid back <clears throat> podcast would be good, considering how long our episodes have been recently. <laughs> yeah, we've had some, like, very big, controversial-type games lately. Like, this one's one that probably most people haven't played, so it could just be a thing that we talk about. And yeah. it's, uh, it's this is our closing-the-loop game, but I guess we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I so forgot about closing-the-loop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, guess where I've been the past week. Was it Arizona? It was Arizona. It's so hot in Arizona, you guys. Uh, I'm glad you did not dry up and be, like, end up back in Seattle as a, like, desiccated husk of yourself. Just brittle and I mean, almost. Almost. It was a pretty near thing. Um, so there's a thing in Arizona where in the summer, especially in monsoon season, I guess, uh, it gets very, 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 very hot, and sometimes people overestimate their ability to be outside in that heat, uh, and then they get heat stroke and they die. Oh, God. <laughs> and so, like, this apparently happens, like, every year to hikers. Um, so, everybody in Arizona, especially if you are not native, is very concerned that you are hydrating enough. <laughs> so, like, literally everyone that I talked to was like, have you been drinking water? Do you have a water bottle? Would you like a water bottle? Um, and it was like, it was nice. It was very kind. But yeah. it was like every, it was like my Lyft drivers, the people I was working with, like the people at the parks. And so knowing this, having experienced this the entire time uh, and being kind of a little bit like, oh, geez, people are really concerned about this. I somehow still made the decision on the last day when I had some extra time that, like, oh, I'll go walk the botanical gardens before I leave, which are outdoor gardens. And then you got heat stroke and died, and and now yeah. you are podcasting from beyond the grave. Yes, I am a, that's a, my long-winded way of saying I'm a ghost now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I walked for just under two hours, and I think I, like, probably approached the danger zone. Like, I was gonna do more, and I got to the point where I'm like, I am not feeling correct. I should stop now. I mean, that's... And I had a water bottle. Like, yeah. literally, when I bought tickets, the guy said, do you have your own water bottle? And I said, yes. And he said, okay, here on the map, the all the little water droplet symbols are where you can refill your water bottle. Make sure you continue drinking water while you're walking. I'm like, okay. And I was doing that, and I refilled my bottle at least once. Um, but... Nevertheless, I got to the, like, end of the second trail out of, like, four or five, and I'm like, this is, this is a bad idea. I need to stop now. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, 
it's cute how how insistent every everyone is on water, but it's super valid also because dehydration is like so easy to just kind of ignore, yeah. uh, especially considering how I don't know what the figure is, but like how many uh, American adults are estimated to just be dehydrated constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the amount of water you're theoretically supposed to be drinking in a day is insane. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so it was it was uh, uh shorter than than I expected it to, but it was an awesome trip. Like the 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 botanical gardens are in Phoenix are pretty crazy good, and I recommend if you can go there on a day when it's not like 115 <laughs> degrees out, I recommend checking it out. Yeah, I think I we took a, like a family trip to Arizona to visit. I don't know my some friends of my parents. When I was very small. Actually, I think that was the first time I uh, ever uh, rode in an airplane. But, Aww. yeah, that was in, like, October. And it was it was still super hot. So, yeah. I, yeah, I would like to go back to Arizona at some point. Just just because, I don't know, I like that. I like all that Old West, old-timey shit. Uh, and also, the OK Corral shootout happened on October 26th, which is my birthday. And when I was small, uh, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So my parents, like, humored me and bought me all sorts of, like, commemorative OK Corral <laughs> shootouts. Like, merchandise. Like, I had a little, like, one of those little, like, collector coins with, <laughs> with like, an engraving of, of a shootout stamped on it with the date. Um, yeah, I would like to recapture that part of my childhood. <laughs> the part that's that's, that's obsessed with, you know, uh, a gunfight where a bunch of people died. <laughs> so, since you are apparently the expert, tell us what was the uh, the shootout at the OK Corral? Uh, I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> well, this was when I was in like first grade, so it's been uh, a number of years. Uh, I believe. Uh, what was the guy's name? Wyatt Earp. Uh, was involved. That might actually was that when he died? No, that wasn't when he died. Um, was that the one that had like the ace that someone like someone was cheating at cards and got shot over it, or is that some, something else? Let's see. Okay, let's uh. Okay, gunfight. We're we gonna wiki this. <laughs> yeah, I I have already wikied it. Okay, uh, the gunfight at the OK Corral was a. 30-second shootout between lawmen and members of a loosely organized group of outlaws called the Cowboys. Very original. Uh, Oh no, my Facebook just made a noise. I'm so sorry. Uh, To the recording, you guys probably didn't hear it, but um, uh, it took place at about 3 p.m. on Wednesday, October 26th, 1881 in Tombstone, Arizona Territory. It is generally regarded as the most famous shootout in the history of the American Wild West. The gunfight was the result of a long-simmering feud with uh, named a bunch of uh, outlaws on one side and uh, the town marshal Virgil Earp, special policeman Morgan Earp, special policeman Wyatt Earp. That sounds like a lot of nepotism. I didn't realize there were so many Earps involved. Uh, neither neither so did I. Uh, and temporary policeman... <laughs> Temporary policeman, I love that that's a title. Uh, Doc Holliday on the other side. Uh, all three Earp brothers had been the target of repeated death threats made by the cowboys, who objected to the Earps' interference in their illegal activities. 
the four lawmen faced six cowboys, uh, and then uh, a, a bunch. It it just goes on to list like who died, who ran away, etc. Okay, so, so yeah, the the Wild West law enforcement dealio. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Oh, there's there's a uh, there's like supplemental articles, principal events, the gunfight. The OK Corral hearing and aftermath, and then the ERP Vendetta ride. Holy shit! <laughs> that sounds awesome. We should all hope to have a Vendetta ride at least once in our life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so Wyatt ERP uh, led a fucking posse and. Uh, a posse of ERPs. A posse of. Well, one of them, I guess, had if, died. I was gonna say, I'm, I'm betting since it's a vendetta, I'm betting that at least one Earp died in that uh, original yeah. uh, encounter. Uh, yes, I don't think I don't think he died in the encounter, but uh, Morgan Earp died, and Virgil was maimed. I see, which is uh, pretty serious. Uh, man, yeah, that's a life goal. Vendetta ride. Ooh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, you went to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I had some work stuff there that I had to do, and so, and so on the way back, I was supposed to leave Thursday evening, um, but as I may have mentioned, it was monsoon season, um, and in monsoon season, they have a habit of getting these sudden dust storms that roll in, which the locals call haboobs. Hmm. Um, and so there, while I was waiting for my plane, uh, there was a haboob, and all the flights got canceled. Oh my god! Um, so I basically, like Delta, had to comp me a night in a hotel, and I came back Friday morning instead. Wow, that's haboob. Oh boy. Oh yep. boy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it back and did not get devoured by the haboob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. It does sound like a like it should be the name for like the monster in Papa Eo or something like that, right? Oh yeah. I was sim- thinking something very similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was that was an exciting week. Um I don't know, other things going on. It's uh it's Evo. Are you guys interested in it's Evo weekend? I'm not super interested. I'm... Uh I, I have heard about there was some drama uh, revolving around what other franchise but Smash, uh, which I read about and it's hilarious, at least from what I read, uh, where the 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 two like finalists were both uh, Bayo players, which I guess within the Smash community, I don't know, people have a problem with Bayo. Um, oh yes, Bayonetta. Yeah, yeah, Bayonetta. Sorry. Um, so the the two finalists were Bayonetta mains, and they just like dicked around and drew the fight out for as long as they could because people, like, the audience was being shitty about it. Uh, yeah, I heard there was some booing involved. Yeah, and I don't know, that that kind of <laughs> that kind of trolling. Like, apparently they just, like, stopped in the middle of the match and just, like, had a conversation with each other mm-hmm. is something that I have heard happened, which <laughs> shine on, you crazy diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Don't Don't let the haters get you down. That's how about how you, I Carl? Play. Have you been watching Evo? Um, I just watched 
the finish as as I'm speaking this sentence of the Smash Finals. Oh yes, <laughs> Carl literally has it on in the background yeah. right now. Yeah, but I, it's over now. I will so I can... go back uh, and probably watch the Catherine play because I like watching competitive Catherine because I think it's hilarious. I forget. I find it funny Catherine. that that's a thing. Yeah, I, I forget know, that that's... that exists, and it's exactly. Yes. It doesn't look that much fun, to be honest. But... It's a bunch of men in pajamas pushing each other off a block tower. <laughs> like, what's not to like? I would love it if, if, um, if someday the technology exists to make real life competitive Catherine uh, a <laughs> thing. I bet VR Catherine would be a thing. Oh, could... man! Speaking of VR, I saw something amazing. It was someone who playing uh, Fallout Four, and they in VR, and they have uh, software that just lets them drop a Photoshop window into their instance of the game in VR. And so they were like doing landscape paintings in Fallout <laughs> while in the oh, it's it's like standing there in the desert, like doing yeah, a Bob Ross in the middle of a rad storm was the one that I nice. saw like, doing paintings. It's the coolest thing. So, that sounds awesome. Uh, I don't remember who that was. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, maybe you will get lucky if you look for it. Yeah, that sounds like something you could Google. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Like, there are very few things that make me feel like I would like to get a VR headset, but that's, like, <laughs> that's good. That's real good. <clears throat> so. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyone else do anything interesting the past couple weeks? Mm, I'm being, I'm having problems with my computer, and that's always fun. Oh no! So my fan, my graphic graphics card fan started wobbling oh, no. and making a lot of noise, and sense. then it fell out. Oh! So like the blade of the fan. Oh boy! Uh, fell out so, of the graphics card. Yeah. Fun. So I didn't really have any like tools to fix it right now. So what I'm doing now is I'm running my computer upside down. So the fan is held down by its weight. Oh, that's a that's an ingenious solution though. I'm not sure if that's totally safe. So if you cut out suddenly, we'll assume there is a fire in your house. I mean, the temperature is fine. I was a bit scared of my hard drives, but well, okay. uh, I I will pray for your PC friend. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> um, it looks hilarious to have a computer <laughs> upside down. I <laughs> I like that. Um, but how will you load CDs into your CD-ROM? Um, I've never actually. I have a DVD player, but I've never used it. <laughs> I was going to say, does, does your computer even have a CD-ROM at this point? I technically have a disk drive on mine. Uh, I think I used it uh, for something within the past six months, but I can't remember what. I, I occasionally think that I just like should get an external disk drive just in the event that I need it, but uh, my current case does not even support the inclusion of... <laughs> Of a disk drive, of like a you know DVD yeah. Blu-ray drive, 
uh, because the front panel is just completely flat and smooth and featureless. So that doesn't really work. And it's the future. You don't need those kind of things anymore. The problem is that I have, like, an old archive of, like, back in the day, I put all of my, I burned all of my anime to discs. So I've got, like, a big stack of discs of different anime that I might theoretically want to retrieve in the future. That was good future thinking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even even if you, like... Could find it on me, then. Well, yeah. But also if you, like, don't have a means to play... But, like, okay, look. What about when the internet collapses and and Kyla is the queen of the anime market because you had the foresight to put them to put them on physical media. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be like I don't know. Listen, like, I was just really excited to have a drive that burned discs. Yeah. I remember And you that. could buy at, at like Circuit City or Best Buy or whatever, you could buy a stack of blank DVD-Rs for like I don't know. It was like Fifty discs for twelve bucks yeah, or something. So cheap. I I remember. I remember that time as well. It and was you could fit most time. of it. Like you could fit. Uh, I think like pretty much a thirteen episode series on one of those discs. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the quality, maybe not nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why you have the the dual layer Blu-ray, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I'll, if I was going to put them on physical media today, I would get just like an external drive, um, like a you know, you know, couple terabyte, five terabyte drive or whatever, and yeah. and just burn stuff there. Yeah, but uh, it's you know everything's streaming now, so what's even the point? Floppy disks. <laughs> yes, I should put all my media. I actually do still have a floppy disk of writing files from my childhood. Oh man, you did like, you did the writing files on floppy disks thing too? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Listen, I was an aspiring writer at like 12, 13, uh, and I was writing, um, you know, novels about uh, falling into a fantasy world and becoming a unicorn, and uh, you need to save that shit somewhere. I, I <laughs> so. wish I still had my... My, my preteen writings. I, I'm sure they're long gone at this I, I point. But I would be honestly embarrassed to try and read it. At one point, I went back and tried to read fan fiction that I had written when I was like 14, and it was it was like literally physically painful for me to try to do. Like I couldn't keep my eyes focused on the screen. I was just so embarrassed. That's that's a good point. I'm sure I would experience the same thing. Like I'm even just thinking about the fan fiction that I wrote. At that age, and how? Look, uh, I at that at that age, I did not uh, understand the concept of a Mary Sue, or why that's bad and frowned upon in in many circles. Uh, I was I was just living my best life. You know, so. I kind of wish that had been my problem. I feel like I would be able to tolerate that a little better. The problem was I thought I was edgy at that age. Oh. So, you know, I wrote stories about, like, the human characters in Digimon being, like, raped by the Digimon characters. I mean, look, I had some questionable sexual content in my in my <laughs> fic as well, so... This is part of being a 13-year-old girl. That's yeah. how 13-year-old girls express themselves. It really, really is. Carl, would you like to tell us about your fanfiction from when you were 13? Um, 
didn't write that much. That's what, you when you, what, were you, what were you doing when you were 13? I was doing sports. <laughs> oh, come on! That's so normal! How dare you be the normal one on this podcast? <laughs> I like I like this this character arc that that you have though, Carl. From from perfectly normal sports boy to my computer is upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to say it without laughing and I couldn't. Uh, it's okay though. Yeah, I think I think you win best character growth uh, for this this season. This season of our podcast. Oh man, if we just if we were to dis- to divide our podcast into seasons, what would be our like end points? I don't uh I don't know. Cuz we like don't really take a holiday break or anything like that. I mean, I we, guess we do a little bit. Yeah, we'll take like a month maybe around holiday times, but okay, so this is what we're going to have to do now. We're going to have to um we're going to have to, we're going to have to start ramping up the drama like now so that by the time it's, you know, mid late November, we've got a strong cliffhanger to end on. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then we can say we're coming back after winter hiatus, but then, uh, like, we're not sure about whether we're getting picked up, and then we, it gets moved back two months. Yeah. Um, uh, we got to do some crowdfunding. Yeah. Uh, get, get uh, like, a hashtag campaign. See if we can get Netflix to fund it instead. Yeah. Just shop it around. Netflix, Hulu, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, Rooster Teeth will pick us up in, like, an animated format, I guess. <laughs> Since that's Which, what they do these days. Sidebar, um, the new Voltron on Netflix is pretty good. I have heard that it's very good, and I just haven't gotten around to watching any of it yet. I just started it. It's it's like absolutely makes no apologies for how ridiculous and cheesy its concept is. Like it is not trying to do a gritty reboot of any kind. <laughs> it's like, listen, these are giant lion robot ships that transform into a larger humanoid robot ship that everyone pilots at once. <laughs> if you don't like it, go away. I've always loved that concept of everyone gets to pilot their own limb because, <laughs> my god, what a logistical nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they sort of address it, but they also sort of don't. There was, um... What? Oh, it was, uh... It was a book that I read. Uh, Against a Dark Background by Ian Banks, if you're interested. And it was, it wasn't about giant robot piloting, but it was about, um, like, this, this group of people who had previously been involved in, like, trade wars, and they were part of a, like, a military unit together, like, five people or something. And they, they get back together to do, like, a big heist, I, or something, like, a heist. I think it was a heist of some sort. Um, but they talk about how they were all injected with, like, some some kind of drugs that basically gave them sort of, like, a hive mind link when they were in battle together. And, like, I feel like I've never seen that in a, in a we-all-get-our-own-limb robot piloting <laughs> scenario, uh, which is surprising, it's because of, it's the only thing that really makes sense. It's the sort of, a, the, like, drift-compatible thing from Pacific Rim, basically. Mm. Like, we're in the drift. Uh, also, I think that's sort of... Minus giant robots, that's sort of the plot of Sense8. If I'm... Like, isn't the whole thing that they, like, all share each other's senses or something? Uh, 
I, I haven't actually seen Sense8, yeah, so have I have no idea. But... Neither have I. I think there's an anime also where a bunch of teens somehow end up linked and they can all feel like when one of them is in pain, they all feel it. And I don't remember what it's called. It's it's from a number of years, like not that many years ago, but like within the past I know years. exactly which one you yeah. mean, but I don't know the name. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called either, but... Well, maybe we'll have that info for you next time. Or maybe we'll right. forget. Or probably we'll forget. Uh, almost certainly we'll forget. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that I mentioned, like, last time, and uh-huh. don't want to forget about, uh, I think I mentioned last time that uh, my friends had a new incoming puppy. <gasps> I think you did mention that, yeah. Puppy report. Puppy, puppy report. is amazing. Oh. Puppy is the fluffiest, softest puppy ever. Oh, God. Puppy is, uh, puppy is a um, Finnish Laphund. Um, and it's just a, it's just a little furball. They decided, they've decided to name him Beowulf. And, uh. That's a bad name. He's, he's the, he's the chillest little pup. He just like, he'll come and like lie down and just like get scritches and just be a little sleepy puppy. And he's the cutest. Oh, man. And I love him. And I'm so glad that like someone else has this puppy so I don't have to take care of it. Yeah. Puppies are good, but not when you gotta watch them like twenty four seven and take them out every hour to pee. Yep. Yeah, I've got like PTSD flashbacks to puppy sitting for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's what my friend was saying when I was there. She's like, he's he has peed in the house three times. Like I've had to like catch him and, and drag him outside before he pees in the house three times in the last hour. How does he have so much pee in him? <laughs> It's amazing. I don't know how they. I don't know how they do it. Very, very urine-filled puppy, but adorable. And that's been your puppy report. Puppy report. Nice. I like. I like puppy reports. It's good. All right. Shall we talk about the thing that we came here to talk about? We probably should. We've been recording for uh, nearly thirty minutes, so. <laughs> Unless anybody has any other fun stuff they did this past week. Oh, I went to my niece's second birthday party yesterday it was um baby shark themed if you are not familiar with baby shark go to youtube type in baby shark it should be like the second result it is a song about a family of sharks and my niece is extremely obsessed with it uh just the song it's like a song and there's like a little video like a little cartoon animated video that goes along with it it's actually I find it to be quite charming, like the like the baby little... shark sing and dance. Uh, hang on. Songs, pink fong songs for children. It's the one from uh, Super Simple Songs. Ah, okay. The three minute one, not the fifty five minute baby shark plus a billion other songs. <laughs> um, Okay, yeah, I will definitely watch that post uh, post podcast. Yeah, it's it's like the same thing over and over again with some like a couple of words changed. Most of the song is just do 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 do. All right, nice. uh, it will get stuck in your head until until you draw your last breath. This song will be lurking in the back <laughs> in the... of your mind. Fair um, enough. That's just as well. I can't, I've I've had a ton of uh, Evan Hansen stuck in my head for the, the which is a musical um, mm-hmm. for like the past week, and I could use something else to get it out. Well, be careful what you wish for. Um, <laughs> but 
Uh, so yeah, that was the theme of her birthday party. I did a little watercolor for her, and uh, my sister lives very near to a, a an excellent bakery, so she gets like these amazing birthday cakes for her tiny children. Uh, this time they had a tiramisu cake. Uh, at the party, I had like a sliver of cake, and I thought I was gonna die by the time <laughs> I ate the last bite. She sent me home with a slab. Oh no! And like three Rice Krispie treats. So, yeah. Uh, nice. Sugar coma. So is what basically, saying. yeah, basically, uh, I I think I might be dead this time next week. Uh, so, who knows? So, yeah. So if we don't get around to our next game, you'll know why. At least we closed the loop, though. Yeah. But well, we haven't talked about the game yet that we're going to use to close the loop. So, Kelso, what do you mean by closing the loop? Uh, closing the loop, well, friends, uh, this time, for this episode, we played the game uh, From Dust, the uh, god game RTS thing from Ubisoft uh, that, uh, I mean, we talked about this last time, but I'm going to say it again. We all have, like, vague memories of doing this episode, except this episode doesn't exactly uh, exist. So, or prior to the to the recording we're doing well, right this moment. Yeah, this episode exists. The episode that we all remember recording does not exist. So yeah. we are writing a time paradox uh, yes. uh, on this day in the year of our Lord two thousand eighteen. Uh, maybe averting some sort of grand crisis, or maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of grand crisis to go around right now, so it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we, we have strange memories of having discussed this already. Um, but there's no episode, so clearly we didn't. Or at least we didn't on recording. Yeah. Um, and I think this this should be a fun episode, because I think Carl and I are going to fight. Cool. Uh, <laughs> if... Um. Uh, if if you still hold true to what you said last time, which was uh, that you remember not liking this game. I feel like I sort of got Stockholm Syndrome by <laughs> <Yeah>. the end. <laughs> nice. Alright, so let's uh, let's go from the beginning. So, uh, this is an Ubisoft game. Yep. Um, basically, it's a game about you... You control a sort of magical force called the Breath, which lets you terraform the Earth, and you're trying to make this hostile landscape sort of hospitable to a bunch of uh, men with a capital M, uh, who are like your little, <laughs> your little guys. Some of, some of whom are women, to be clear. Actually, I had a great time uh, in the Isn't opening. all of them women? No, I think, they're, I think there's a mix. I think, it's... I think everyone I clicked on was... Who's female? <laughs> yeah, I had a mix, but I think uh, a great thing happened to me in the intro cutscene, which I'm assuming like randomizes your men. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the intro cutscene, literally all of my men were women, <laughs> uh, which was oh, yeah, nice. These men. <laughs> yeah, the men. Um, and so basically, you're terraforming this hostile landscape and trying to make it uh, hospitable for your men. And they travel from area to area, populating it and building villages. And you're trying to, like, divert 
natural phenomena, fires, tsunamis, uh, lava flows, etc. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so your goal is to keep them protected. Um, in each level, there are a series of four totems, uh, and your goal is to establish a village at, at all four totems, uh, at which point a um, like a little gate will open that you must get to to get to the next level. Uh, and the totems, each totem gives you a special power that you can use. Uh, what power depends on the given level. Um, so you end up by the end of the level with, you know, four powers. And they all affect your ability to use the breath and move stuff around. So you can pick up different substances and then drop them places. That's basically the main mechanic of the game, is mm -hmm. pick up substances and drop them in other places. Uh, and those substances include uh, dirt, water, uh, and lava. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. I, I think so. I mean, and you can pick up and plant trees, I guess. Yeah. I hate the trees so much. <laughs> the trees are like the most annoying part of this game. Um, yeah. The, the trees, I guess since I am talking about them, there are three types of trees. One of them is a tree that like sucks up water from, from the earth, and once it becomes full it explodes and just you get like a big wave of water that... Once, once it's full and exposed to heat. Oh, I thought they could just explode on their own. Nope, they have to be exposed to heat in order to explode. Hmm. Or if you build up and they sort of fall down the side of a... <laughs> yeah, you can also like wall. de... like de-earth them by accident, but... Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, which, uh, the, the resulting flood can destroy your cities or your villages. Yeah, uh, the there's... intent is the, the intent is that you use it to put out fires, but you can also accidentally drown your village during that. Yeah, uh, there's fire trees, which phoenix trees, I guess, is what they're called. I think, um, which they basically have the life cycle of a phoenix. They burn a whole bunch, and then they burn out, and then they like regrow and then catch on fire again, and that can cause uh, fires. Everything to die. Yeah, everything. <laughs> like if you've got. Uh, as you establish villages, um, foliage grows out around them, and if there's foliage near a fire plant, then all of your foliage will catch on fire, it will spread back to the village, your village will burn down. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then there's the explosive trees, which, um, if, if they get near fire, then they explode. Yep, which... and they create a little crater in the, in the earth. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the... The main mechanic, as we said, is, like, terrain deformation. So mm -hmm. in addition to being able to, like, pick up and drop things, you can also use these things to um, to just create craters. Yeah, and and there's some material within the levels that is, like, rock. Like, you can pick up earth and dirt and sand, like, that kind of earth, but you can't pick up, like, solid stone. Mm -hmm. So you have to use the explosive trees to, like, blast through that if you yeah. need to create a passage. So that's, that's like, yep. the of the explosive trees. And you can create solid stone by picking up lava and like dropping it somewhere and letting it harden. Yes. But once it's hardened, you can't interact with it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, the Yeah, so foliage happens automatically around the villages. Uh, in each land, there's also usually um, a pair of shrines um, which have like little uh, kites on them, like little sigils. Mm -hmm. And your uh, your little men's um, will go to the shrine if you select it, 
and they will bring back the kite to their village and it will protect you. So there is a usually a water protection shrine and a fire protection shrine. So fire protects your village from fires and lava uh, and water protects it from floods. So it, it doesn't make it completely indestructible, um, but it, it significantly protects it. Yeah, it goes a long way to um, keeping your villages from burning down for sure. Also, I love... Wait, I love is it not completely indestructible if you have a boat? Uh, so uh, I found that if you basically submerge it in lava or water, you can still get the, the protection will fail. Um, oh. But you have to basically completely cover it. Like, it, it's it's not easy to do, but it is possible. Also, I like watching the... Like, there's always, like, a kite at these shrines. So you send a man, and then the man goes to every village and, like, teaches them, uh, essentially teaches those villagers, like, the song, I guess. It's not, like, spells. It's all music-based. They all play their... Mm -hmm. Like, they, they play a song for every like, spell, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's, and... I, I think it's intended to be vaguely, like, Australian Aboriginal-themed, because they have a lot of creation myths about music and about, like, the song that runs through everything. But it's also very, like, non-specific. like, it's not trying to be one particular, yeah. like, region or religion, which is probably for the best, because I feel like it could only be, like, really offensive otherwise. Yeah, um... Yeah, so you get to, you just get to watch your little man with his kite like running between village village to village like spreading spreading the song, the ancient knowledge and I don't know, something about watching the little guy with his kite like like oh no, there's there's a river. How are you going to get across, little guy? <laughs> like yep. And so, they they I like the way they do pathing in this in that like it draws the little line that your guy is going to try and take. And it shows parts that are like red if that the the person is unable to pass over that area. Um, so I think that's a good visual cueing for like what you need to do. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy to actually make the path that you want to make. Um, I think there are some problems with the AI. Yeah, but at yeah. least it's clearly indicated. Yeah, the fact that they show it is nice because like seventy five percent of the time the path is not at all what you would expect and mm -hmm. not anywhere close to being the easiest or most direct route <laughs> yeah. somehow uh, which uh, is one of my sources of frustration from this there's game. a lot of times where you, you could clearly like make the way but he kept walking into lava all the time <laughs> yeah. the lava kept moving yeah, yeah. They, they try not to go into like uh, you know, rivers or lava flows, but they're not very good at, at like moving out of the way of one that's coming towards them. Yeah. So I, I specifically remember one part where, like, there was a uh, like a lake or a pond or something, uh, and I I knew that that was going to be an issue, so I was like, okay, I will make sure that there is like a clear path around, and yet. When I tried to get them to go to the place and, like, was hoping they would go around, no. The path just went straight across the fucking water. I'm like, yep. what are you guys doing? I made a path for you. Please. <laughs> Please, mans. Yeah. Do the thing. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the path, the, so the, yeah, the UI for, like, how they're pathing is pretty good. Uh, the pathing itself pretty little, bad. could use a little work. 
Yeah. I mean, it's understandable because, like, it's literally, um, like, deformable terrain and, yeah. and re- recombinatory terrain. So it must be really hard to calculate that pathing. Yeah, it probably probably definitely is. Um, but it is it is cute to watch them. And then if, when they get to a place where they can't go, they like stop there and then they like yell at you, and it pops up a little icon that's like, "Hey, your little dudes are yelling at you." And it's like, I know. Listen, I know. Just wait for the water to go down. Yeah. It'll be fine. Wait for the water to go down. Let me just grab a giant sphere of earth so that I can try to make a bridge or something. Yeah. Like, how do they not have... They have magic songs that can completely divert uh, a tidal wave, and yet they lack boat technology. (laughs) Yeah. Well, why would they need boats? They can divert tidal waves. They also lack the ability to walk up, like... A pixel high. I was gonna say very slight slopes. Yeah, any anything <laughs> above like a, a fifteen degree angle. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, pals. Yeah. They like stop right before you're about to build the town. Yeah, they're like, I but I don't. There's a little tiny bit of rock shelf here, and I don't. I don't know. I might, there's also. I might <laughs> stub my toe. Yeah. Oh. Uh, similarly, there's also a problem with like. Um, when you uh, try and get them to come conquer a village, if there's even like three drops of water anywhere near the village, it's like, can't do it! It's flooded! <laughs> it's like, they can't go here! Yeah. You're like, oh god, I can't even see the water! How do you expect me right. to clear up that water? That happened, that happened to me a lot of times. Like, I didn't, I would send them and I didn't even see the water. And then they all start hollering at me, like, what do you guys want? Jesus. All right, let me let me hoover up this this puddle. Yeah. God. It's it's so fun watching the town when there's like a little puddle and they start doing their water repel song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they like shoot the water out to the side. Yeah. They're kind of, I I they're kind of endearing. They're weird little dudes, but they're kind of endearing. Yeah, no, they're super endearing. Uh like the, even even the frustration, it's like, oh, you guys, <laughs> come on! Oh gosh, yes, frustration. <laughs> yeah, it, it has its frustrating moments, and I I think the the difficulty curve on this game is kind of intense um, because the yeah. first few levels are real easy, and then like the last few levels are real hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in particular, the second to last level, which is really yeah. like the last level, because the actual last level is like a completely different thing. Um, but the yeah, so that second to last level is just I remember I specifically remember that level from last time because of how many times I had to restart it. And this game has the cardinal sin of unskippable cutscenes. So mm-hmm. every time you have to restart the level, you have to watch the whole like they come to the island and they have some thoughts about the island and it's like yeah no i know i, I know how this level works just let me go and no auto saves no uh, you can manually save uh, there's only one save slot though um so uh, like i really wish they'd had multiple save slots so you could sla- save like different states in the game so if you you know saved yourself where you were accidentally fucking yourself over you could go back a little further. Yeah. And don't you have to go back to the menu to load it? Uh, I think you can load it from the escape menu. 
I oh, you can. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't quite remember. I think you still have to watch the the loading cutscene of like them going through the little tunnels. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, you don't have to watch like the beginning of the level cutscene. I think. Speaking of uh, the the save system in this game, is it? Is it really necessary to have, like, a profile system on this game? That seems super unnecessary to I mean, me. I guess it's, it's when you have multiple people in your household and they both want to play. Um, I, I guess you could, just, you could just have multiple saves and you wouldn't, like, need to do that. I don't know. Yeah, you would think, but... Yeah. It, it just seems yeah. kind of out of place, but also maybe a little bit anachronistic. Like, are we still even doing that in games? Uh, a lot of mobile games. Yeah, I, think, I mean, apart it. apart from like like online FPS games, uh, may, maybe I don't know. I don't really play those, <laughs> but um, I feel like I yeah. haven't. I feel like I haven't really seen the profile system much lately these days. Yeah, definitely a lot less than it used to be. I th- it's still in some of my games for sure. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so it's not completely gone. But yeah, no, this is. It's it's weird that they would have something like that and yet not have skippable cutscenes. I mean, like how how long have skippable cutscenes been around? That's a thing that yeah, you that's have true. In the game. That's definitely very true. Hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, back on sorry, but like before I forget, back on the mechanics mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, so the village spells. Um, so as I said, they're different depending on the level. Uh, but for example, they will involve things like an evaporation spell where you can uh, just like cause all the water levels in the level to dry up for a little bit um, jellify water <laughs> where wherein you turn the water into a solid for a little bit like you turn off its flow physics and then you can just pick it up and drop it places I and like then that one. Once, yeah once time runs out it'll like all like go just push and like unjellify yeah it's great when when they force you to use that to make like a Moses parts the seas kind of path through a large yeah. body of water for your mans. Yep. Uh, uh, there's infinite earth, which is probably my favorite, mm. which is you just get, for a limited amount of time, your hand is just always full of, like, dirt, and you can just drop it wherever. Yeah, there's also a spell that, uh, I think it's called Amplify Breath, that temporarily lets you pick up a lot more of whatever material you yeah. Decide to pick yeah. up. Uh, there's, I think, I think the the most straightforward is just put out the fires. Just put them all out. Yeah. No more out. fires. Put out the fires. That's put uh, out all fires on the on the screen. That would be great uh, to have in real life, considering that, <laughs> considering that I live in wildfire territory yeah. uh, these days. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. yeah. Go on. No, I, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> there's also the like remove everything. Oh. Instead of picking stuff up, you just remove oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, um, it's, God, what is it called? It's called, like, Void or something weird like that. Um, yeah, where when you when you pick up material, instead of holding it in your hand, it just destroys it. Which, I guess, is useful. I didn't really <laughs> make I much use Yeah, but... it would be useful for things like, like, where you have a lot of water plants, like, regenerating water, I guess. Or... I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe you were supposed to use it during disasters. So a lot of levels will have disasters in them. So things where, like, it's a, it's counting down till the moment there is a giant flood, or it's counting down to the moment there's a volcano erupting. 
Um, and so maybe for like the floods, the idea would be that you could use um, you could use that mm-hmm. like destroy material spell to like pick up the flood water as it was coming. I guess maybe destroy material combined with um, amplify breath. Yeah, I think they recommend using that combo like officially as part of the tutorial text, but mm. it it didn't. I didn't use it that much. I used it for the level where it was introduced. Yeah, that's I, about it. I probably did, um, but I yeah, I don't remember finding it that useful. Yeah, a lot uh, of the a lot of the spells are kind of kind of situational, which I mean makes sense. Like the the levels are designed around, or well, not really designed around, but the the spells are sort of catered to what your biggest uh, challenges are going to be at a level. Usually, so yeah, and they do. I think the level design is kind of an interesting thing because it's it has to be very, you know, like each experience playing a level is going to be a little different because so much of it is procedural about how you alter the landscape, um, and yet they still manage to have a fairly consistent level design. Yeah, um, like we are. It's very like there's a very clear specific challenge in the level and there's a few ways to overcome it but it's not like you can just do like anything and all those things will work mm-hmm. um, so like there's you know areas where it's like a volcano on one side and a river on the other and it's like alternating between disasters where one goes off and then the other goes off uh, or towards their, the end it's like there's a there's a bunch of submerged like little tiny you know, peninsulas and that like are barely above the surface of the water and there's a volcano in the middle so you have to like in between, uh, you know, the tide coming in, you have to, like, build up all these jetties to different islands so your guys can get around. And there's a there's a big desert level towards the beginning where there's a whole bunch of, like, hidden springs underneath the earth. And yeah. so you have to, like, strategically cover and uncover different ones to get the water where you need it. I like that one. So I found that level was extremely easy if you just didn't pick up anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was like, no water. It's well. It also depends on if you want to. Um, so every every uh, mission has like a sub goal of trying to get greenery spread around a certain percentage of the land. Um, and in the desert levels, you can only do that by spreading water. Uh, in in most other levels, you have to do it by spreading earth around the villages, um, so that they because the greenery won't grow on bare rock; it will only grow on uh, on dirt. So you have to spread enough dirt in the level that the the greenery can spread um, and eventually like animals will come and things like that. But also if any of that greenery catches fire, then the fire like follows, like burns up the greenery in a path back to your village. So you got to be careful. Yeah. Burns everything. And then I think once you get like 100% foliage coverage, you get like extra legend... Yeah, it unlocks, like, little things in the, I don't, there's, like, a little kind of, it, like, wiki, almost, of the mechanics in the game, and as you complete all of the, the greenery challenges, you unlock descriptions and stuff, and it's, like, it's not that interesting. I, I mostly yeah. just did it for a completionism thing, but. I liked it when the, um, the animals showed up, because they're just, like, giant pill bugs. <laughs> Yeah. They just kind of, they like sort of just trundle around your your space. Yep. 
And in some later levels, they, like, spread flowers and things as they go. Oh, I don't, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. I like there's, like that. Two, there's, like, two kinds of animals, and one of them is, like, the big pill bug, and one's the, like, flower-spready one. Mm-hmm. They, they still look like big, uh, you know, isopod-type things, but, um, yeah, they're cute. I, okay, so just as a general comment, uh, I kind of love this game. Uh, and it's probably not, it's not for what I would say is like a necessarily great reason. Um, but I love it so much because it's a, actually a very nostalgic game for me. Because a huge portion of my childhood was like taking sticks and like digging little paths in the trenches by the side of the road to make the water flow down. And, like, trying to get the water to go where I wanted, and, like, building up, like, putting rocks and things in the way to make, like, a little stream, and, like, digging out parts of the stream where I thought it was too shallow, and, like, this was, like, a huge part of my childhood, and this just, like, gives me all the same pleasures as that did back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's cute. That's, that's some good, good Kyla lore. I mean, this is this is part of like growing up in super rural America, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Like in the middle of nowhere. It's basically you. Part of your entertainment is just like playing in the dirt. Yeah, you just right? you just go outside and you make your own fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and so this reminded me so much of that that it like it really evoked some very like not often not often used centers in my brain. That's you know I think. I think there's a whole lot of value in that where, you know, a game might not be super mechanically great, but it it hits, like, a really specific note Yeah. that might only be specific to, like, you and two other people. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that it could hit that note so perfectly and ring out so clearly, I don't know. Yeah, I, especially... I, I, yeah, like, there's still value in that. Especially the lava flow, where it's like, oh shoot, lava's coming, you gotta build a little channel for it to come down so it doesn't slop over the side and burn your dudes. Man, uh, I, the levels with the volcanoes, I, I think, were my least favorite, because, like, as time went on, if you didn't pay enough attention to them, your entire terrain just got more and more fucked. Yeah. Yeah, because there... So there's a few mechanics that are something that continually deposits substance into the world. Uh, volcanoes are one of them because, like, as they go, like, each each time there's an eruption, it hardens into rock, and now you, you have a higher layer of rock on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... I think there's the same... In some of the earlier levels, there's some, like, river deltas, too, that, like, constantly deposit Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, there's not officially a time limit on these levels but there's kind of a time limit on some of them because you like after a while your landscape just gets like irreversibly messed up and yeah. you, you have to you, like there's not much you can do about it I actually had a really uh, a really dumb thing happen it was on one of the early levels with the exploding trees where there's the, the crater with the impassable rock around it so you have to blow up the rock to make a path um, to the the final like exit area, and I put I put an explosion tree down, and I guess I accidentally put a fire tree right next to it, uh, and didn't notice. And so the 
the explosion tree just kept exploding until the crater was so deep that I literally could not, like, maneuver the camera in such a way as to allow me to pick the explosion tree back up. Nice. Yeah, that can happen. I actually once basically buried a village in a crater that deep. Um, it was, it was in the, I think the second to last level, which is, takes place in the crater of a volcano, mm-hmm. um, and is, is an incredibly hard level, um, and involves, basically you, I think you can't beat it unless you move your villages around a little bit, because you do have the power to play, take a village totem and place it somewhere else, mm-hmm. and I think that's the only level where I actually oh, wait. use that. I thought you could only use that for, like, that one level. Nope, you have that all, all all the levels thereafter. Okay. Um, but yeah, to be fair, that's the only level I used it on, was that, that last level. Um, but so the... What I did was I, I put it... I'm like, okay, my I have the impervious to lava uh, thing. The problem is like the center of the, the volcano, there's lava, and then the outside of the volcano, there's all water, and it keeps flooding. So it's like, okay, you know, pick the poison. Um, so I'm like, I have the fire protection totem. So if I get real close to the volcano, um, my village will be safe from the lava. Um, and then I, you know, I'm far enough away from the water that I don't have to worry about the water. Uh, but the problem was that the volcano erupted, uh, and the, because they were safe from lava, the lava went around the village and then hardened. (laughs) And so now the village is like in this deep pit surrounded by rock. I'm like, um, so there's no way for them to get over that, huh? So they're just all trapped in that village. Now I'm just thinking about, like, all the stupid shit that I could do. Like, like surround a village with a ring of explosion and and fire trees so that there's just a trench around the village and nobody can escape. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I bet you could do a lot of fun weirdness like that with the terrain if you really tried. I mean, during the second to last, I just put, quickly took the infinite sand thingy and put every, like, every town on a hill as high as possible. That's, that's gotta be tough because the, the infinite earth village is the, like, hardest, the furthest away village from your starting point in that level. It's furthest away, but the lava doesn't flow that way from the start. Okay. So it's fine. You got some time before the lava decides to fuck you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Infinite Earth is a really powerful spell. That's probably, I feel like, the most useful one. <clears throat> but yeah. I mean, it's also the one that's always useful. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, and especially at the end of levels, if you're trying to get that 100% grass thing going on, you can basically, if it's an infinite earth level, you can basically, like, completely ignore the greenery and just, like, take away all the dirt from around your villages so they can't, ca- like, grow plants and catch fire. And then just at the end of the game, like, dirt everywhere. It's just, like, dirt paths from the villages <laughs> outward. <laughs> grow this stuff as quickly as possible. Yeah. And then off to the next level. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I stopped caring about the uh, 100% foliage pretty quickly. And... Uh, most of the time, whenever I got it, like in a later level, it was like, oh, whoops, accident. I, I spent too much time faffing, faffing about <laughs> yeah. in this level and accidentally completed the goal. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it can be dangerous, as we said, to have 100% foliage because that can cause your villages to catch fire. Yes. If you do not have your fire safety kite. <laughs> fire safety kite? <laughs> I really enjoyed the kites. Since it made me feel safe. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you can take it slow when you have those and like slightly move and plan accordingly. Yeah, it's a little bit of a relief where you're like, okay, they're not going to just suddenly spontaneously die now. So Like, there's a volcano right next to you, and you're like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, have yeah. my, I have my kite. Nothing can, nothing can stop me. I, I do... Uh, I, I did have a lot of moments of like, oh god, there's a flood coming in ten seconds, and my man is like... Uh, close to the village, but will he make it? Will he make <laughs> yeah. it? And you're just like watching your little kite boy run across. Yeah, run across you're like maybe, map. maybe if I just pick up the leading edge of the wave, he'll have it for like extra two seconds yeah. to get there. Yeah, like <laughs> he never makes it. If, if I if I just shore it up with some earth, maybe that'll give him just the the last couple seconds that he needs to get there. That would give him new pathing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah oh, no. He just starts to run along the ridge and immediately gets swallowed. At least I don't think I don't think mans ever die. They just kind of get washed around by. Oh no, they can die. Well, yeah. I guess I guess fire will kill them, but like. Uh, yeah, you can tell when they die because a little pillar of white light erupts from where yeah, they that's were. That's true. That's true. And you, yeah, so you can drown them and you can burn them. I did. There was at one point where my. My villagers were not founding the village that I told them to found because they were waiting on a guy to like return to it, um, whose like pathing was messed up and he was just like sitting in the mountains. I'm like, fuck you, dude! And I just dropped a bunch of lava on him and killed him, and then the rest of the guys founded the village. <laughs> Guess that guy's not coming. That's great because I would be that guy. I would be the guy who's like, no, I don't want to come to your party. I'm just gonna sit here on this hill until God drops some lava on me. Yeah, I mean, I think... Fine, you can get new guys. Yeah. Well, unless it's your last village. If you if you burn down your final village, or otherwise destroy your final village, and you don't have enough guys left to found a new village, which you need five, uh, then you auto-lose the level. And it's like, you don't have enough guys to finish this level. Press this button to restart. I don't think I ever failed a level in that manner, I think I always just got to a point where it's like, I can't, I just need to restart this. I Yeah, yeah I don't think I ever saw that fail state. Because... Yeah, that, whenever that happened for me, it would always happen very early on. Like, mm. there would be some disaster that occurs within, like, the first minute of the level that I just was not ready for, and it wipes out my village. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, uh, so I think, and it's it was weird because, like, the, the problem, there were already five guys down at that totem. I don't know why they were waiting for this other guy in the mountains, um, but for whatever reason, they apparently were. And I think what had happened was, like, he had gone over there because of another thing that I, like, he was, there was another village up that way. And, like, while he was up there, there had been, like, an eruption that changed the path behind him. So now all of a sudden his, his old path was like no longer valid. Oh no. Yeah, he was very confused and and so I I'd had to put him down. Yeah, I, I had to had to put him out of his misery. Yeah, mercy, mercy, kill him. 
Yeah, so that's the thing that happened. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so that, that that was one that I replayed because I played most of this uh, not yesterday, but the, the previous Saturday. So today I was like, I should pick a le- level and replay it so that it's fresh in my mind. And so that was the mm. when I was playing. It's the one where there's um, it's like I don't know third or fourth from the end, and there's like a big volcano on the left and a big river on the right, and you have like a little bit of clear area in the middle if you shore things up correctly. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't think we mentioned the level where the ground just moves from time oh, yeah. to time and like. I forgot that was a thing. That does that does that mechanic show up? It's in uh, like two levels, okay. and then uh, it's two, I think. Okay. Yeah, because I I just remember the one where there's like a persistent puddle, and there's two villages. No, there's a village, and there's like a a water a water safety kite. Uh, so you have to like wait until it goes down and the water recedes from the safety kite. Get the safety kite, and then like when it, when the water recedes from the village totem, you have to like run in there real quick. Found the village. Let the guy bring his safety kite there so that when it moved, like. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Yeah. So so the the mechanic is that different areas of the map um, raise and lower themselves on a timer. Uh, and this shifts everything on the terrain, including liquid, which tries to flow downhill. Um, so yeah, so there's two there's two areas, and depending on which one is like higher up at the moment, it dumps all the water into the other area. Yeah, that's. I, I would like to have heard like the the meeting where that got pitched. Like, yeah, what if the ground just moves? Yeah, that's a weird mechanic to me because it's the least realistic one. It felt like, really out of place. Yeah, everything else is like, okay, yeah, no, it's a it's a tsunami, or it's a, you know, like, the, the rivers are overflowing, or it's a it's volcanic eruption. It's a water-repellent kite. <laughs> well, like, magic is fine, but, like, in terms of the what the landscape does, like, just, like, this landscape just seesaws periodically. It's like, that's weird. Yeah, that feels a little odd, but it's, I mean, no, it's fine. They don't use it that much, so ice drained the lake because there was no reason for having water. Yeah, I I drained most of the lake. Um, the, you do need water there if you're going to. That's one of the like deserty levels where you need water in order to do the the plants, the plant growth. Um, so for the hundred percent plant growth, I I put some water. I left some water in there. Um, but yeah, no, you can you can deliquid it mostly. Yeah. Um, and then it's and then it's easy going. I I think this is a game that I would like to watch other people play, just because I have a set of solutions that I found that work really well. But I bet there are some other things that I didn't think of that would also have worked really well, and yeah. I'd love to see how other people tackle the same problems. Like how to correctly aim on the right stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the controls are... They're, I guess, they're kind of what, like... I don't know a way that I feel like they could be better is the problem. Like, they're not great, for sure. It's, like, it's it's uh, tough to get where you need to in time to be, and it's tough to pick up or select exactly the thing you want. But it's also... Like they're they're trying to offer you maximum precision, so you can click absolutely anywhere, which is part of the problem. Um, so I, I mean, feel like it's probably the the best of a bunch of bad options. 
If you want absolute precision, maybe you should start with a pointer instead of a snake that goes round in a circle. Yeah, but the yeah. problem is that, well, yeah, okay, the, like, yeah, it could easily be a single point instead of a little, like, circling thing. Um, the weird, the thing that feels weird is the way that, like, when you move your mouse forward, instead of just going across the 2D plane, it actually conforms to the, um, like, the terrain and goes across, like, the little ridges and things, mm-hmm. um, which is necessary in order to give you control over depth, but makes the movement feel really odd. It does feel really odd, and... I, there would be times where I don't remember. Oh, when it when it would pop up like a little tutorial, telling you like if you build a village on this totem, then you'll have the ability to do you know whatever. Uh, and it would it for the purposes of that little like tiny tutorial thing, it would move the camera the the camera rotation. Yeah. And I would be like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Where am I? Where are all of my villages? Uh, yeah, that was my least favorite thing. I think there were yeah. so many small things like that. Like if you move the mouse like slightly to the right, even the screen started scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there were a like, lot of not like, when you were scrolling. close to the edge, but like when you were like a third in. Yeah, there were a lot of like scrolling when I didn't mean to scroll moments for sure. Um, it's it has a weirdly like slightly unpolished feel. Um, like it's, it it escapes being a, I was almost going to compare it to Inverbus Virtus in terms of like, they had one mechanic that they got really, really well, which was like this terrain deformation thing. And then everything around it kind of suffered a little bit. Um, but it didn't suffer to the extent that it suffered in Inverbus Virtus, right? Like that one kind of ruined the game. This just like... There are things about it where you're that are kind of finicky and problematic and feel a little unpolished, but it's not. It doesn't make I the would game. I kind of argue. <laughs> you think it makes it unplayable, or you think it, Inverbus Virtus? It, it's on. It's on the edge. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I, I, I maybe it's just because I enjoyed the mechanic enough that I was willing to put up with a lot. But that could easily be it. I mean, also, look, I'm pissed off that you can't like you can't move around with the WASD and move your mouse at the same time. Can you not? No. I guess I mm. I guess I wasn't paying enough attention. I guess I mostly probably used the mouse at the edges to do scrolling instead of WASD. Yeah, but, I, I yeah. didn't realize there was WASD support. I guess I just used the mouse for like this whole thing, except when I had to reorient the camera. <laughs> and every time it happened, I forgot which buttons was the camera buttons. I think it's like you have to hold down middle mouse and... Ma- I, I was going to say, yeah. it's it's middle mouse, I believe. Yeah. So you can still do it with just the mouse, but... Yeah. But every time it happened, I panicked a little bit and was like, wait, how do I go back? How do I fix this? Yeah, so this is definitely one of those games where I feel like the, the amount that you're willing to forgive... Because it has a lot of these nitpicks. And the amount that you will enjoy the game is based on some kind of calculus about, like, uh, how much you like the mechanics such that you're willing to forgive a certain amount of these nitpick things. Yeah. Right? I mean, you could call them nitpicks, but, uh, like, they make everything feel bad. It makes <laughs> the game, like, it makes, it makes it not fun to, like, do stuff in-game. Even though it's like a good game without it it's it's like doing everything but worse 
<laughs> I I did not have that much of a problem with it. Maybe it's maybe it just is more like somehow fits with my brain better as an intuitive thing, um, just because of like the way I I like controls. Um, but I, I could easily see that where like if you if you pass a certain certain threshold of struggling with those, it becomes like not worth it. Yeah, I I think the thing that that threw me out of the game most was like those eleventh hour fuck ups that I would always get because I I like to take my time and I would just take slightly too much time and make the entire level unworkable. Like right before going to the exit portal thing, and I'd be like, well, shit. I had to yeah. start over again, which always ended up being like, I'm just going to stop playing this right now. Uh, which I, I'll I'll acknowledge that that's mostly my own fault, but it still feels bad. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and, and it wouldn't feel as bad if they had a better state-saving system. Yeah. Where you could just pick up again, like, three-quarters of the way through the level where you, you know... Like, if it, if it made, like, a separate save every time you founded one of the villages and you could at any point roll back to a previous village founding, that would be, like, a much better system. Yeah. Or, I don't know, they could... I, I don't know, this just occurred to me. It could be interesting if there was a a spell to revert the world state to a certain extent without uh, altering your village progress, but, I mean, that would probably be... Uh, that would Tough probably be engineer. a pain in the ass. Yeah, to engineer and to, like decide when to implement it because it if it was a spell it would have to be level specific but mm-hmm. i don't know that could have been something to explore yeah there's there would i think there's easily like a bunch of little polished things that would make that would make it better like for instance uh i would really like the little breath cursor thing to like change color or appearance based on what i'm holding because there would be times when I was like, didn't realize I was holding a tiny bit of water and didn't understand why I couldn't pick up any earth. Yep. Yeah, or or um, that it would change color based on what you're about to pick up if you're not holding anything. Because, yeah, yeah like, it's, yeah, if there were those tiny puddles okay. of water that are invisible and I'm trying to pick yeah. up earth. Am from I that over spot. water right now or not? Yeah. I, I, I solved that problem, the tiny puddles of water problem. By because the when you're holding a particular terrain type, you can either drop it or you can pick up more of that terrain, but you can't pick up something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would do is I would pick up a tiny amount of water from the ocean, and then I would ah. just click all over the area, and it would suck up any water that happened to be there. Mm. Yeah. But that's like that's a workaround, yeah. right? That's like me figuring out a way to to solve a bad UX problem in the game yeah or the or the other workaround which is what i usually end up doing is just before i try to pick something up if even if i it doesn't look like i'm holding anything just immediately right click to drop any small bit of something that i might be holding yeah yeah so the a a little bit more queuing around that selection would have been nice um obviously the the state saving the cutscene skipping like all these little polished things would i feel like uh, vastly improve the game but they also aren't the core of the game, and I feel like the core of the game, for me at least, was really solid. It was like an enjoyable mechanic. Yeah, the core was good, and especially, and especially with how they do the levels, because mm-hmm. I think the levels was really solid. Yeah, the level design is is, as I said, like 
tough to do in a game like this where there's so much like choice and so many there's like it's like one of those chaos machines right yeah where like a little change in starting conditions can like have big ramifications so level design under those conditions can be very difficult because you have no idea what the player is going to try and do and so the fact that they still have pretty well-defined challenges is pretty impressive it makes me wonder if this could have been a good candidate for like community driven level levels that yeah. you can just you know get exactly because... Um, that, see, playing it, that was like one of my first thoughts was like, man, I bet it would be really fun to like make levels of this. Yeah, because whenever, whenever that sort of option is available, people take it to just the most bizarre extremes. And especially in a game like this, man, just like thinking yeah. of all the weird like Rube Goldberg shit you could yeah. get up to. Um, so speaking of which, uh, Kelso, I'm not sure if you got this far, but from the sound of <laughs> Carl's frustrated posts on Skype, uh, Carl, I gather you got to the last level. Oh yeah, I didn't. Yes. I, I think I got like three quarters of the way through and decided yeah, so that the I last level is is very different from any other level in that you don't have your normal set of powers. You come up on a world that's literally just ocean with like a tiny little bit of bare rock in the center, and instead of your normal powers, you get the different breaths of the elements, so you get the breath of earth, the breath of fire, the breath of water, and the breath of plants, and you can just sculpt the landscape. So it's just about, like, hey, you know, click click this breath power to, like, dump earth infinitely, click this breath power to, like, and, like, if you click it in a certain way, like, holding shift or whatever, then you can create a mountain. Uh, and, you know, like, click the breath of fire to create lava, and hold shift to, like, create a volcano. And stuff. So it's it's much more of a sandbox level than an actual it, challenge level. It's like a tutorial for the sandbox. Yeah, it's a sandbox mm. tutorial, which is is there. I don't think there's a sandbox mode unless I missed it. There um, is. Is there? Okay, okay. I'm pretty so, sure. I hope so because this is, as you say, is very clearly like a tutorial for the sandbox. Um, and but it's it's hilariously easy to accidentally kill yourself in that level. <laughs> Yeah, they give you a bunch of spells for each different element, and they but don't they don't tell you what they do. Yeah, they have names because there's like the the little tribes people in this speak in a in a made up language, um, you know, like something that sounds suitably you know foreign or whatever. Um, it's there's parts of this that like I side eye a little bit in terms of like questionable uh, depictions, but anyway, yeah. Um, so they all have, all of the different powers for each breath have names, but their names written in this made-up language. So you have no way of telling what they do. Oh no. And you can summon a tsunami. Yeah, yeah. So you can just tsunami your world, or you can summon a, like a giant volcanic explosion. I accidentally killed myself like three or four times in that level. But it was hilarious every time, so I wasn't that angry. Yeah, that's fair. It's like, note to self, that button summons Tsunami. Do not push that button. I ended up not using any power besides, like... Earth. Earth. Yeah. It's hard to hurt yourself with Earth, because the worst you can do is a mountain, and that doesn't really do anything. Um, and the plant one's fine, because like that just lets you plant the different types of trees. So unless you're like planting fire trees right next to your village, then you're fine. 
Yeah. But I definitely accidentally tsunamied myself and accidentally volcanoed myself. So, fun times. But these are just... These are just the things you have to deal with when you are a, a new god yeah. trying to and figure it, out your god powers. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. Because you're like, they're like, here now you have infinite power. And you're like, ooh, I wonder what this button does. <laughs> Let me just set it off, like, without caring how close I happen to be to my village right now. <laughs> like, oops, that was bad. Shouldn't have done that. I do like the idea of... Uh, of you know playing a game uh, where you're a god but you're just not a very good one you're like a little bit inept a little bit clumsy sort of a Jetamero kind of kind of <laughs> feel yeah yeah it, it's uh, it's a good it's a good I don't know it's a good thing to like give you a little bit of narrative that's maybe not actually there but you know build your own headcanon around being kind of a crappy god. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, and also, I guess, like, spoilers for the ending, um, but it's... I don't know if it even if we can even say it has a narrative. The narrative is you're, like, this yeah. tribe traveling through the things. But it, at the end, um, when you finish the sandbox level, it starts to, like, crumble, and you have to, like, perform this final ritual in order to escape. Uh, mm. And it sort of, like you know, wipes out your, your almost completely wipes out your civilization. Um, and when you finally manage to get open the final passage and get through it, it actually takes you back to the first level I was without any memories. So yeah. it's like cyclical. I was wondering start... if that might be the case. Because yeah, you start off like reviving the breath, your man's. Yeah. And they say something like, and so it was as though on the first, like as it had been on the first day. And we were following in the footsteps of the ancients without understanding, you know, like, and so the idea is that, like, your your people are the ancients because this, this cycle just keeps happening over and over. Man, what a bummer. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> well, that's fine, I guess. It's like, like, the Dark Tower, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's, the narrative is, like, such an afterthought on this. It's yeah. less a narrative than it is, like, an aesthetic so yeah basically I'm fine with it not having like a particularly intense resolution or whatever or meaningful resolution so but yeah from dust I recommend it but if you if you played in the sandbox a lot as a kid I highly recommend this game yeah it's... it has some good levels yeah it's and yeah, actually when I think about it Sound bad because the way you <laughs> tutorialize stuff in this game is insane. Instead of like giving you a tool and let you like in stage page like read it and see what it does, try it out, they go like in three minutes you have a tsunami, go fix it, go go go. <laughs> yeah, and they just yeah. yeah. It can be a little stressful at times as games go. It has a certain... It's not really an RTS. It's more a sim than an RTS, but it has some very RTS feels uh, in certain parts, and I think that stress is kind of one of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anybody else? Final thoughts? Uh, we've closed the loop. Congratulations. Yes. 
So I don't remember I don't remember what we said about it last time, but now we've said some things about it officially on the record. Yeah. yeah. It look now now that I know what the actual ending is to this game because I didn't I didn't finish it. It's extra appropriate that we have closed the loop. <laughs> yeah. We we are back as though on the the first day following in the footsteps of the ancients, which was us. Which is why so are we next... going to do are we going to do next from dust? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was so gonna our say, next game is going to be from dust. I was going to say our next episode is going to be Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was the better joke you got there. That's fair. You know what? Everybody gets to say their dumb joke. It's good. <laughs> More dumb jokes. Twenty. You should have done a way out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, we can that. That's yeah. probably that's on our list. that's. I think it's in the hopper. It is yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of the ones that you two own that I do not own. But it doesn't matter because you can play it without owning it because, because, uh, because... I can find something to play it with. Yes. Well, yeah, you can play it with one of us, with both of us. Yes, that's true. If we, yeah, this, well, we'd have to work out scheduling for that, yeah. which I'm very skeptical of. You're just, but, uh, you're just not allowed to play it with anyone else. Anyway, yeah, that's no, uh, not probably, our next game. Yeah, probably if I, if we do that one at some point, I'll buy a copy and play it with Huck. But. Yeah. Anyway, what well, we are playing next. Yeah. Oh, right, I'm introing it. Yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> what we are playing next is, uh, is Papers, Please, uh, which is a, an indie game by Lucas Pope um, about the uh, futility and sadness of being a border guard. <laughs> sort yeah. of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the idea is that you are um, a border agent... I don't know if it's into Russia or if it's into a, a like a Russia analog. Um, it's a made up country, but yeah, it's like a yeah a made up Soviets. country, a made up yeah. Soviet country. Um, and you control. You have a rubber stamp. You control who gets in and who doesn't get in. And you have. Um, there are reasons why you might want to like sometimes let people in when you shouldn't. And things like that. And I guess the, the whole point of the game is making, like, hard moral trade-offs between things that, like... Because you also have a family that you have to feed, so you can't really afford to get in trouble and lose your job. Yeah. And so there's, yeah, there's a lot of... It's a it's a game about tough moral decisions and is apparently very bleak. So it seemed perfect for the, the moral climate right now. Yeah. Um, at least in the States. Yeah, this is one of those games that we've been talking about playing for a long time because we, we just all have it. So we might as yeah. well. But every time I'm like, oh man, I really don't want to play Papers, Please because it's so bleak. But yeah. but that's fine. We're gonna. I mean, we gotta do it eventually. So. Yeah. And it's it was a very like well received indie title, um, mm -hmm. that got a lot of positive press. Uh, I I have had it for ages in my Steam library and haven't played it. So I'm I'm eager to to actually experience it. Whoa! This game came out uh five years ago, uh, almost almost exactly on the dot. Yeah, three, five years and three days. Wow, that's good timing. So, okay, yeah, so we're, yeah, this is a good time to play Papers, Please. We're on the, the five-year anniversary. Basically. Good good job yeah. doing the five that year accidentally. The five-year anniversary will be during the playtime of the two weeks that we're playing this. Yeah. So there you go. So if you, too, have had this in your Steam library for ages and have not gotten around to playing it, 
this is a good excuse. Try playing it with us. Yeah. And then if you have uh, if you have something to say about it after playing it, because you you had some strong opinions, uh, you can come and be a guest on the show if you want. And uh, Kelso, how can they contact you if they want to be a guest on the show? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Feedback Force. I say us, but it's just me on that who does that <laughs> uh, account. But uh, yeah, so you can you can do at Feedback Force, or you can just uh, message any of us individually if if you would rather do that. If you would rather uh, interact with a, a real life person and not a fake person masquerading as a podcast, if that is your preference. I over-explained it. Sorry. No, you, you, still, you still need to give your actual Twitter name. Oh, that's what you were going for. <laughs> I'm segueing, Kelso. I'm segueing. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. If you would like to interact with me not pretending to be a podcast, then you can find me on Twitter at Kelso Timebomb. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Kyla underscore go. In addition to doing this, I also do a Sunday morning stream um, where we are, I play like old nostalgic games. Um, we are currently playing Super Metroid. Guys, wall jumps are real hard. <laughs> Skug was there this morning. He saw nice. me try for like 45 minutes to complete two, like, there's a part where you need to do three wall jumps in a, in a row and to save my goddamn life. I could not. I did eventually get it, but damn. I'm proud of you. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Scout3. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes you can also find him in my uh, Sunday morning streams. I guess I should say that's twitch.tv slash cagetiger with a K. With a K. If you want to do that. If you want to come join us for that. Nice. Man, Super Metroid, though. It's a good game, but parts of it are real hard. I have. I should go watch speedruns for it now that I like understand how hard it is. Oh yeah. But I gotta finish it first because no spoilers. That's true. All right. So join us in a couple weeks with uh, papers, please. Yeah, we can talk about how sad we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can talk about the parallels between that game and current politics because that won't be fraught at all. Oh yeah. No, not even a little bit. Actually, I don't. I have also played a little bit of uh, Jalopy, which is kind of a similar thing, where you are driving a, a busted-up car through, like, fictional Soviet bloc countries uh, mm -hmm. with your uncle, I think. Which is, that's, that. I don't know, that game's more recent. I think it came out, like, last year. Um, similar in tone. So I will probably be making a lot of comparisons. Okay. But, so that could be, like, the bonus game of, like, if you have extra time. Yeah. And want to do extra credit. Extra credit, jalopy. Did I mention, by the way, that, like, I re-listened to the first episode looking for, uh, to our introductions episode, looking for the From Dust episode, or the From Dust conversation, uh, and I, for I forgot that I pr promised to give homework as part of this podcast. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, and I have never done that after the very first time, so maybe I should look into doing that again. Yeah, look... Okay, so for this uh, for this episode, uh, pick something by Dostoevsky and just read it. That's oh your no! <laughs> That's your homework. That's the worst homework. <laughs>
Yeah. I'm not gonna... That's homework that I wouldn't fucking do. I'd fail the class. <laughs> yeah. Alright. So thanks for listening to another episode, yeah, folks. We did it. Uh, and we'll be back in two weeks, and we will see you then. Farewell. Bye. Bye. Bye.